Does it go live automatically, or do you have to make it live? I had to make it live, as I just have. Buenos noches. Buenos dias, depending on where you are in the world. You've arrived at another fun-filled, action-packed episode of the Blue Ribbon Podcast. Um, we're going to talk about survival this evening. Um, you know, I've, you know, it was very interesting. Larry wanted a list of all the podcast episodes. And so I made a little spreadsheet. And so I had to go back to 2019 and just kind of refresh myself. And it's interesting how much we talked about this in the beginning, which is now coming up on three years ago. Yeah. Almost three years ago, we were talking about market dips. We were talking about being prepared for when the market cools off, being in an unprecedented market. By the way, real quick, little housekeeping. Um, <clears throat> we had to tear all of our stuff down to make the podcast last weekend. Let, everybody let me know that the mic levels and all that stuff are good and everything sounds all right. But we've talked about this for three years. And we've went through ups and downs. 19 was not a great year. Then 20 was the pandemic and all hell broke loose and the market crashed and people were scrambling for loads. And then we went on to this high and we are up at the top and what goes up must come down. So we're going to talk about that this evening. We've got some answers for you. Um, want to remind everyone about the OPS promotion. If you haven't heard, we are now... Um, a distributor for OPS and max mileage with Pittsburgh power. And until May 30th, you can use the uh, promo code OPS 108 and get 50 bucks $50 off for the OPS and free shipping. And free shipping. <clears throat> I probably, if I'm going to be a professional podcaster, should probably make notes about stuff like that, but that's hey, ever rated. <laughs> well, yeah, he's got notes. I, I have I, my show prep goes on for the five minutes prior to you going live. Okay, so right. I have my show prep right here. You've already stole one of my thunders by that. Okay, okay. well, go go ahead, take the floor. And no, 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 you did whatever you want. You did fine. So, um, we had a lot of listen. We did the OPS episode uh, two ones two back. Yeah, uh, where we did the presentation that we we give, and and we had, we had a lot of interest. So. Several of you have called and ordered and taken advantage of the discount. Now, you can't get that if you call Pittsburgh Power. You only get it from us. So, um, anyway, appreciate your business. So, but, yeah, no, go ahead, Chris. Uh, you're, you're, you're doing great. Well, Podcast you know, excellence is happening. Okay? This, this should be one of my notes. It should be on a sticky pad on my computer because William always gets to it before I do. Don't forget to like and subscribe. That helps the algorithm. And and I, I want to talk about that a little bit because we we are picking up interest by of of um, uh, of sponsors, um, uh, OPS and Pittsburgh Power and Max Mileage obviously are our our first one, but we've got three or four others that are in negotiations right now. And doing a little research, I, I had to I had to figure out what a media kit was. When people <laughs> people call me and or email and want to be involved in in what we're doing, and we've had three or four, actually five, I think. And uh, everybody wants a media kit. And I'm like, what the hell is a media kit? You know? So I start researching it and I find out all about it. Turns out, turns out we did not know this. Turns out I'm researching all these different analytics. And there's this company that, that, that does that called Feedspot. And they mm -hmm. rank uh, podcasts in all these different categories. And it's pretty, it's not just, you don't get it and stay there. You have to stay active. You all these things that make it happen. Found out we're number one 
in the top 30 trucking related podcasts. Now that, that's that blew, that, that blew me away, you know, but, um, Anyway, this, this like and subscribe thing, that really helps our analytics. When we're talking to somebody about a sponsorship deal and we can tell them that, you know, I think our, our impressions were 1.7 million or something like that. Those yeah. numbers help, you know, they, they help uh, with our negotiations, you know? And um, so anyway, we appreciate you guys doing that. Um, and um, wow. It, it, uh, I'm still, I'm, I'm completely blown away by this entire platform, but I'm glad it exists. Yeah. It's doing good things for us. So thanks William for the reminder. Okay. It's, it's just, I mean, when I started doing this in 2015, yeah, I've always been kind of intrigued by the idea of radio, um, or podcasting. But I just, I just wanted, I wanted to try to shorten that learning curve because everything I learned, I just had to, I just had to figure it out. And that was something that I believe Phil said on his episode, like there was just nobody, you know, to say, Hey, here's how you do it. Or, or here's some things not to do to keep you from crashing and burning. And, uh, so it's just amazing how, how far it goes and can go. Well, what I what I didn't think when we first started doing this, okay, first of all, I thought it was stupid, you know that. When I begged you and yeah. cajoled you and shamed you, go ahead. Yeah, well, all that, and uh, I mean, I thought first of all, I had, had never ever listened to a podcast in my entire life, okay. And by the way, I've still only listened to maybe two, three at the most, okay. Right. So, uh, and I certainly don't listen to hours, all right. So, because um, I don't take criticism very well, so I I can't listen to hours, so. But um, I, I just, I'd never thought about the, the, and as I started negotiating these sponsorship deals, it, it, it became apparent to me what we do stays out there. You know, we mm-hmm. get, a, I mean, there are people still seeing episode 49 right now for the very first time. You know, it just doesn't go away. And when I'm selling this sponsorship, it, it's a big selling point. Look. It's not like we just flash your ad up at the V. We talk about you through the whole thing. That never, ever goes away. The term for that in the podcast sponsorship world is called baked in. So it's not something that we flash up at the beginning and flash up at the end. You know, we talk about it in our conversation. We can't go back and cut that out. So right. you know, even if you quit paying next week, your stuff's still out there and out there forever. So. Uh, anyway, it, it's, it's, it's been good for us, obviously for the recruiting, uh, recruiting side. I mean, obviously there are people that, that are in situations that we can certainly help them and, um, and they find us and they go back and, um, you know, and, and, and see the early things that we, I mean, forgot what we talked about, you know? So it's good. We're doing this tonight because this really goes back to our basics, our fundamentals. You know, I started this program for me in 2009, you know? And uh, that's how I got through this fuel crisis in 2009 was the business model that we're, that we teach today. Um, we're going to talk to you, some of you about how to, how to alleviate maybe some of your mistakes. But while I'm talking about the podcast and recruiting, let, let me point out a couple of things. We have this online submission. Um, I don't know if Chris, if you can flash the banner up or not, but we, when you go there, we need a little help. First of all, we need you to be sure and look at your at your at your um, 
trash or your or your spam email because when we reply most of the time our email goes back to goes in your spam folder thanks google <laughs> number two i we be a little more specific about you know your experience and certainly when, when you when it asks you how you heard about us try not to use the term referral <laughs> because we really need to know how you found us because that our interview with you um, is all based upon what you what we think you know already, and so if you if you're a podcast listener and you've listened to 110 episodes, that's a different interview than if you refer to us by Landstar Recruiting. So help us out by giving us a little more information about you and and um, your experience and whatnot. Obviously, we got to make sure that you 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 cross the initial hurdle, and that is qualifying for Landstar. So your driving experience and any type of violations and accidents and stuff, that's critical before we even start the process. So anyway, uh, enough of that, Chris. So why don't we had some excitement this week. Uh, one of our drivers kind of got in the trick bag this week, and, and uh, Chris had to uh, put on his Superman cape <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and uh, rescue. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Because I, uh, I think that's pretty important to discuss so you know we were talking about this last night i brought him home with me and uh my wife walked in and she was like hey richie and i was like well i picked up a hitchhiker um and and i think he asked you know because he's had a couple a few breakdowns here in a row just weird stuff you know and i said look sometimes you'll have that and then you won't have an issue for a year you know, and I pointed out Zeke's truck. Other than one issue with the turbo that was kind of my fault. Half my fault, half Carl's fault. Um, that truck's run every week for almost a year, you know, um, with very little just maintenance. But sometimes freak stuff happens. And so what happened with Richie's truck was a bolt broke on the output shaft of the front drive axle. So you have your front drive with your power divider and you have a drive shaft that comes out of the back and drives the rear drive axle. Well, a bolt broke. And when that bolt broke, <clears throat> the yoke snapped and the U-joint is now loose. And when that comes apart, then the slip yoke, because the, well, I almost read it, made a really unfortunate gesture there. Anyway, there's a piece that goes inside a piece when that slip yoke comes off, now that drive shaft's just doing this, and it destroys everything in its path. It took out the ABS module. It took out an air valve. So now all the airbags are flat. The truck won't build air, and there you set. And, <clears throat> you know, it, it's, so, it's so difficult to stress to people. Because when you come to Landstar from a company driver, especially a big company, and you break down, well, they just repower you. They just send another truck, grab your trailer, and take off, and everything's fine. They give you a trailer. Not so much at Landstar. You know, you've got, <clears throat> if you lose the load, you have a financial responsibility in getting that load covered, and so you can lose all of the money on that load, and then some. And then if you lose your trailer, because they sent somebody that doesn't have an empty, it a repower is the absolute last resort for us. We will move heaven and earth to not get Landstar involved in repowering a load because it's just bad news. 
I had a truck sitting here that we just brought in the fleet. Wasn't completely ready. Didn't have any decals on it. Didn't have, you know, didn't have trackers, didn't have transponders. It, it was legal um, and ready to haul freight. Just, we just weren't ready. Peripherals, ELD, yeah. stuff like that. ELD, stuff like that. We just wasn't ready to go. So uh, I had to pick up my kids from a social dance at midnight, Saturday night. And then, or Friday, Friday night, Friday night, Friday night. And then, so I came home, I slept about five hours and then I spent two hours like putting enough decals on this truck to make it legal threw an ELD in it and took off. And I got down there about, about 1300 hooked up to the trailer now. And I'm, I'm backing into the trailer thinking, I have no idea if this fifth wheel works. I have no idea. Like, does the airlines to the trailer work? Like, you know, it's never been hooked to a trailer for us. I had no idea. I mean, I, I got down there okay. It was a, it's an 02 or 03 Volvo with a D12, 10-speed. It seems like a pretty solid truck, but until that fifth wheel latches, I don't know. And so I get hooked up. I throw him and his stuff in, and I very gingerly eased my way out of the parking lot and made the first few turns and kept looking back thinking, okay, if this fifth was going to come apart, I'd really appreciate it doing it right now. <laughs> yeah. That would be the best case scenario. So finally we get going and <laughs> I got him back up here about six o'clock. So, you know, I put in a 550 mile day and that's what you have to do. You know, I, I you just, can't think of things the way that you did before. Um, the responsibility is ours. We're hooked to that load. It's in our trailer. It's under our care. It's our responsibility to make sure it gets where we're going. Yes, Lane Star's there to help. And if we couldn't have, if I wouldn't have had that truck here and I could have not done that, we would have had to call Lane Star and try to find somebody else or thrash around and try to figure out how to get the thing fixed. Uh, which wasn't going to happen on a weekend in North Carolina. Well, especially where he broke down, there wasn't anything around you. Yeah, <clears throat> wasn't Jack. Let me you know? let, let me say something here, okay? Now I've been at Landstar since 2012, 2013. We have I have never, and since we've had a fleet, we have never. I, I think I'm correcting this, Chris. I'm pretty sure I am. We've never had Landstar repower one of our loads. We have repowered it ourselves with another BCO but not through. I believe that is correct. We've repowered some people. Yeah, we've repowered know, others. And, but we uh, have never. Um, we've actually I, we've actually paid BCOs directly to help us out in a situation. You know, other BCOs that we've got a relationship with, you know, we scratched their back and they've scratched ours, you know. Mm -hmm. But we've never had to call, call Landstar and have a repower load or help us, you know, re repower load, so. Well, technically, that with Richie at Christmas, we had called Landstar, and Landstar was coming up with the solution, and we ended up fixing it with our own truck. Well, so, yeah, we we gave them that was a hybrid. We gave them the solution, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's just that. That's you know we, we've talked about this from day one. Problem solving figuring out how to get the job done no matter what it takes. And that doesn't matter if it's a maintenance issue, um, if it's some sort of logistical issue, 
Um, load canceling. Load canceling. Driver getting sick. Richie's comment about them potatoes. Uh, I, I don't know if Rich, Richie's probably not eat a potato since, you know. Um, he got stuck with a potato load over Christmas last year and uh, yeah. was going to. And he was going to fly home and everything. So we. Well, here's what's funny about that. Okay. April 2014, I go to uh, Landstar Orientation in Indianapolis with Alexander Jordan at the helm. <laughs> and at some point during the orientation, he had written three letters on a whiteboard. And he he's like, well, you know, there's you know, it's probably some agents that you just, you know, and he's like doing this, nodding at that board, but he wouldn't say it. So I went and I on the line and I found that agent's phone number and I saved it in my phone with NO and three exclamation points. And never thought anything else about it. Richie booked that potato load. And when the email came in, my phone lights up with no. <laughs> and I was like, uh-oh, whoops. <laughs> so he picks up this load on a Sunday, supposed to be an easy unload on Monday. And he gets there on Monday and, oh, man, we're not going to get to you till Thursday. And, hell, Thursday was Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, Eve. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we're not going to get to you till Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And he's going, yeah, I got a plane to catch. Yeah. And so we start making phone calls and phone calls and phone calls and phone calls and finally got Landstar involved. And the repower people, the repower people at Landstar are kind of like when you call a company and you've, you're just fed up and then you say, all right, screw it. I'm going to cancel. And then they put you on the phone with people that speak English yeah. that have all the power to all of a sudden push buttons to make stuff happen. That's kind of what the Landstar repower people, they, they, they got carte blanche. They can do whatever they want. They don't have to ask anybody's permission. Except the driver who's broke down is the one foot in the bill. Right. That's the caveat there. Okay. Yeah. So uh, keep in mind. <clears throat> so they're going to, they're going to pay Richie, you know, and get him out from under the load and find somebody. And she, I'm like, well, who are you going to get? She's like, I don't know. I'm going to find somebody, but we're going to get him on that plane. And, and we're going to take care of him. You know, it's Christmas. We're not going to screw him over. Okay. Well, we happen to have a driver that lived not far from there that was coming home with an empty trailer. And we're like, well, hey, wait a minute. This guy's got an empty. This guy's got a load. This guy lives here. This guy doesn't. Well, they ended up paying us to repower our own load. So, you know, but there there was phone calls flying back and forth, and, you know, it was crazy. Anyway, we're off on a tangent, but not really. Um, let me use this example of when we went to the truck show, and I tried to cover – that dedicated run that we've done since 2014. And I put it in Landstar Facebook groups and here comes the trolls and dipshits and well, it's going to sit there until you get back. Well, by the way, I got, I got a visual aid here. Gold star of quality award. Uh, the CAK agency nominated you for a star of quality. I'd like to nominate Chris Polk and blue ribbon. Uh, he went above and above to recover our run. Chris posted a load on social media, which is how he captured a truck. Chris took a lot of criticism from other drivers out there because of the rate and also because it's multi-stop driver sits. We appreciate all you do for us, Blue Ribbon. I'm sorry you had to deal with all the negativity. You didn't have to recover, but you did. You cherish Winkhorn. We appreciate that. Guard, gold star of quality. That's the that? second one of these I've gotten about two months. 
When did you get that? March 31st. You didn't tell me that. I forgot about it until just now. I probably would have <clears throat> given you a bonus and sent you on a cruise to Bahamas. The Congratulations. Listen, March 31st was only like 38 days ago. That's got to be within the statute of limitations. Shelf life on that's gone, brother. (laughs) Um, Why? Well, you know, I I did. I made a post today somewhere about appealing to authority. Um, And I don't remember. I can't remember the bottom wording to that. Um, Oh, Falsely assumed a proclaimed expert in a field is infallible. I'm talking about your GPS. I'm talking about the mechanic. Well, the mechanic said, really? Other, Have you heard a lot other, of stuff the mechanics say? Other, other drivers. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, oh, they, they said. They said. I'm, they oh, said. yeah. A little girl said. Well, listen, I just followed my GPS because Rand McNally is a proclaimed expert in a field. <laughs> no, they're not. You know, that appeal to authority of is is basically just a BS cop-out to, to get you from, um, you know, to get you to absolve yourself of any need to do anything and you just find somebody else to blame it on. You don't have to claim personal accountability if you've got an authority that you can surrender it to. Because... They said, it said, she said, and I'm absolved now because they're the authority. Yep. Well, let's get into, let's get into the meat and potatoes of this because y'all, it's going to happen. And we've been, I I saw a comment maybe last couple episodes, someone's like, oh, just being negative. No, I'm just telling you the truth. Do you want me to feed you a line of BS or tell you the truth? We've been telling you the truth since day one, right? Markets go up and markets come down. Now, this one has gone to the stratosphere. And it's my belief that when it comes down, it's going to come down pretty hard for a short period of time. The question is, can you survive that short period of time until it curves back up? Because it'll curve back up. It's not the end of the world. But if you've got a $4,000 truck payment. Are you going to survive rates at a buck 50? Cause that's where they're headed. And all of the virtue signaling and all of the screaming and crying about, I can't believe that I'm going to take my whole truck home and park it. Okay. Well, go ahead. You'll help lower the capacity to help the rates settle out when you go home. But it, <clears throat> well, here, here's another Here's another factor in this. You know, most of these cycles are 18 months. Okay. Historically, these cycles are 18 months. We've been on this, on this high cycle for an extended, it's, it's an extended bubble. It's extended so long that there are a whole lot of people that have net net have not been in the industry long enough to know what normal is. You know, they right. think they thought that what we're doing, I have been doing now since, you know, whatever, uh, is, uh, is normal, you know, and, and the spot market is just, you know, crazy. And, and the problem is, is that, that, that was an extended uptick in the cycle. Now, the question is, because the ex- extended uptick happened, does that mean that the downside is going to be extended? That's the thing we don't know. 
because we've never had an uptick this long. We've never had a, a, a cycle up and, and, and the upside as long as this one has been. So <clears throat> a lot of people have made business decisions based on rates that were far from average, far from historically, you know, being uh, supported. Uh, and now you couple that with the fuel price thing um, and they're losing their ever loving minds, you know, and um, you know, here, here's, here's the thing that, that you have to remember, you know, the, the fact that you made the decision to buy that truck and that trailer or become an owner operator or become a lease purchase operator or whatever you did, because this, this market attracted you. I mean, there's a ton of people that have gotten in the business. I mean, look, they call us, they want to invest in, our, in, in, in us and put trucks on with us. And, and I'm like, no, it, it, you're not going to go buy a truck and bring it here because that's not, you know, that's, that's not the way this is going to work. You're, you can't support that truck payment if this market goes back the way it's supposed to be. So, <clears throat> but here's, here's, here's the problem that I have with a lot of the things I see on Facebook is that, again, it's, it's this surrendering to authority. I bought a truck. I got a CDL. I'm an owner operator because I bought a truck. Brokers owe me a decent rate. Mm -hmm. Why? Why, why do the brokers or the customers owe you a rate because you decide to buy a certain truck? You see, that's the problem with this. You know, it's, it's misplaced aggression. You know, it's, and then you, and then all you do is trash, especially at Landstar, you trash what you call the brokers. We don't have brokers at Landstar. They're agents. You trash them. And by the way, that's your customer. Yeah. So it just, it, it, it's just a force multiplier. And the, the, the hard, the hard part about this discussion is going to be, it's not their fault. It's not the economy's fault. It's not the fuel fault. It's not the customer's fault. You know, you made a business decision. You came up with a business model that you thought would be sustainable. The problem with that is you didn't do your homework. You didn't look and see what historically the average rates are. And you didn't understand the business cycle of trucking. You know, this, this, what we've seen. And on top of that, on top of that, the ones who have been in business long enough, they got lazy all of a sudden. Okay. Instead of doing four loads a week, they dropped down and did two because they could still make the same money. Instead of continuing to work the way they used to work and stockpile the money so that this quote bloodbath, you know, they could, they could survive it with the reserve cash. So that's the problem. Now, how are we going to fix it? So if you've got, if you, if you got a paid for truck, okay. And you want to go home and park it in the front yard and sit this out. That's fine. Uh, mm -hmm. More power to you. Okay. <clears throat> I, I've got a better suggestion that we'll talk about, but if you've got a truck payment, if you're in a lease purchase and you're barely making enough money to, you know, to, to um, pay your payment right now, you're going to be in trouble. I don't mean to, I'm not here to scare you, but I mean, business is business. 
And if you're having trouble operating on $3 a mile or $250 a mile or $225 a mile, that's not going to get better. And, mm-hmm. and on top of that, this fuel thing, who knows what's going to happen with this fuel thing? You know, it got to $6 a gallon this week in New Jersey. Okay. Fuel surcharge last week was 73 cents. So if your fuel, if your fuel cost per mile exceeds 73 cents, you've got a fuel uh, deficit there that you've also got to take out of that rate. Now, if you've got a good enough truck that gets, gets better than 73 cents per mile, you're okay on fuel. But how many of you even know that? How many of you know what your fuel mileage is? How many of you know what your fuel cost per mile is? You know, you, you don't even know if you're, if you're losing money on fuel, right? You might think you are. Half of our fleet makes money on fuel, you know? Yep. The other half's getting ready to because we put a little incentive in their little package this week. So, um, so this is the, this is the, this is what we're dealing with right now. Now you can, you can cry and you can moan and I'm, 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 I'm not, you know, I'm just going to sit this out, but how are you going to sit it out if you've got a thousand dollar week truck payment or lease payment? How are you going to do that? And, and crying and virtue signaling is not going to get it done. You're either going to have to work harder. Um, you're going to have to stay out and not go home. Cause I, I, that's what I did. You know, that's how I survived a lease in Anderson. I stayed out six to eight weeks at a time with a two and a five-year-old at home because we, we realized once we got into it, okay, well, <clears throat> we will make more money than I did as a company driver, and we did. But I'm not going to be home every weekend. I'm not going to be home every other weekend. I'm going to have to stay out six to eight weeks. That's what I had to do. There was no way around that. Um, and that's what we did. And it was, it was hard. It was very hard. It was hard on me, and it was hard on her with a two- and a five-year-old home by herself. Um, so maybe uh, – and the rates are still – I mean, we're probably what – we're in 85 90% of our, of our minimum right now. We're not hitting it, but we're – Well, some, some of our guys are. Yeah, we, we, and I'm talking like adding everybody up. We're yeah. collectively, we're probably 90% of, of what, yeah. what we, would which like. means 9,000 a week. So the money's out there. If you get off of your butt and go hustle and maybe you can earn enough money to pay that truck down and do whatever you have to do, or while the market's still up, sell it, get the hell rid of it. And while the market's up, because what do you think is going to happen to your $130,000 truck when this market drops? It's going to be worth 50. What you going to do then? What you going to do about that? Now you, people will probably think that we're kidding here, but I'm, I'm serious. It's a heart attack here. Uh, your truck is never going to be worth more than it is right now. If you've got a truck payment that you're not going to be able to support with rates that are going to be $2 a mile or maybe less, and fuel is going to be at four and five dollars a gallon. Why not? Why not sell it now when it's going to bring as more money it's ever going to bring? Okay. The other problem, if you don't, is that as that as the truck value falls, um, something happens to that truck. It's not your. I don't care what you insure it for. It's only worth what the current market value is. Okay. You have a claim on that truck, and and you and it's worth now half what you paid for it. Guess who's responsible for the other half? 
or if you if you um, quote give it back or file bankruptcy and uh, walk away from one of those leases that they say you can walk away from that and they're going to fire sale that truck and come after you for the difference that's a big number um, now's the time if if you're not making any money if you if you're not ready for this business okay now look let's just let's just call it what it is here okay a lot of people got in business here and that they're not ready to be in business okay they don't they don't know their fuel mileage they don't know their cost per mile they don't even know their fuel cost per mile okay they don't have a pnl you know they they're they are acting like they're in business but they don't know how to be in business okay and so now it's this 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 climate this this what we're going to what we call the bloodbath it's going to expose all of these if in um uh in um weaknesses that you have because you're not going to cover it up anymore with all this excess rate you're going to have to understand how to be in business and and that can be very very uh eye-opening you know um and right now you still have a choice right now it's not so bad that you can't make a choice um and and if i were sitting in some of your guys shoes that had this big truck payment i would sell it tomorrow I go get myself a good company job, okay? And I would ride this thing out. And by the way, get a company job that's on contract freight because contract mm-hmm. freight's not going to be affected by this, like mm-hmm. spot freight is, okay? Which means probably Landstar is not the place for you, okay? So contract freight, company job, survive this, get rid of this truck, survive that. You might lose a little money on I don't know. It's a lot better than what it, doing it under your terms is going to be a whole lot better than you doing it under their terms. Okay. I know this is not what you want. I know this is not the dream that you did, but the dream that you did is not supported by the business model that you're working under. All right. Then when this thing um, passes and it will go do it the right way this time. Okay. Don't yep. go out and pay ca- uh, pay. Uh, a, a lot of money for a new truck don't finance it don't certainly don't lease it certainly don't lease it you know look you can go get a job right now at walmart making 110 grand a year drive their trucks be a soldier for walmart for a while suck it up <laughs> save fifty thousand dollars a year and a couple years go pay cash for a truck then this all doesn't happen anymore to you and by the way learn how to do business learn what you learn what your what your costs are and how to control them you know so that's that's the that's the answer to this situation. It's you listen, you're not going to change the rate. I don't care how many of you go home and sit, you're not going to change the rate. How many times have we seen that? How many convoys have we have gone through <laughs> that you're going to prove to the world that the world owes you money, okay? You're entitled. What that never worked. Okay? Nope. <clears throat> the last one's now trying to sue somebody. Because they, were, I don't even know this. I don't know. I saw something where they're trying to sue somebody. Well, they weren't. They were, oh, for their First Amendment rights. Okay, so, <laughs> so I'm about to put a comment on screen here. All right, but before I do, I want us all to think about something. All of these people that are screaming and crying about the rates, the rates, the rates, the rates. It, the fundamental of that is they believe that they are worth a certain dollar, right? I, I'm worth this, and they've got to pay me that. Okay. Rocky, I have had many crying the last couple weeks while working on their trucks 
they expect me to do their alignment for half price or less because they have a huge truck payment. <laughs> Think about that. How is Rocky's value, which is second to none, how is Rocky's value diminished in, in the value of the work that he provides, the service he provides? How has that gone down because you have a truck payment? It, that's, that's the lunacy of this fairy tale dimension that these people live in. My problem is everybody else's problem, you know? And, and I look, I have that sometimes with drivers and I want, I've seen that sign that, you know, says lack of preparation on your part does not constitute an emergency on mine. You know, and people, I got a text message. I have an emergency. Do you now? Yeah. Yeah. I'm hung up. Oh, and I look and see, oh, yep, yep, we've had one hung up there before. We'll go ahead and call the record. Uh, <clears throat> well, it's, a, it's the same thing. Because I have a big truck payment, you broker, son of a bitch, owe <laughs> me a, a decent rate. You know, nothing, I mean, nothing could be farther from the truth. Nobody owes you anything. You get paid for exactly the, the value that you bring to the customer. What value you bring to a customer when you're, when you're customer on the phone? Why do you think that we move heaven and earth to not uh, have to repower load? Okay. Because the customer expects it delivered. All right. Yep. That's how this works. You get paid for what you do, not for how you feel, not for how entitled you are, not how much money you spent. For, that means nothing to a customer. Zero. They don't care. And if you don't, if this hurts your feelings or I'm stepping on your toes or you all of a sudden turn it off now because, you know, I've, I've offended you, that doesn't change anything. Go ahead and stick your head in the hole and then we'll see you on the other end. Uh, with, and your truck will be for sale for half what you paid for it in an auction here in a few in a few months and all you guys that worked all this time and didn't back off and you've got all this money saved up don't be buying trucks right now hang on they're going to get real cheap real cheap lee lee brings up a good point there you know this is forward thinking people barely making their payments now are also missing the opportunity to purchase additional equipment for pennies on the dollar when the market does crash Absolutely. Now, I'm I'm not a Warren Buffett fan, especially with all the nonsense he's been spouting about Bitcoin and crypto. But he, he does have this famous quote, be greedy when others are cautious and be cautious when others are greedy. You know, when when the market crashes, um, stuff's going to go on sale. Now, John, this is a good one. I wasn't familiar with the last time the market crashed. But what happened when 25 plus thousand MC numbers disappeared and there isn't enough drivers to haul the freight? Okay, well, think about that. Why did the market crash? Because demand, supply and demand got out of whack. There were loads, uh, there were trucks and not enough loads. So the volume of loads came down. And when the volume of loads came down, the price of loads came down. And then you had to clear out the capacity. So the 25% disappeared because the freight disappeared. And the 75% that were left over were ones that ran their businesses properly and could get through a short period of time. I, th You know, even the pandemic was about eight weeks. 
And that was, I mean, they dropped a nuclear bomb on the global economy. And we were down for eight weeks. And then it started trickling back up and then rocket ship and it took off again. Um, it, it will always equalize. That, that's, that's the whole point of, of this is the market establishes the rate. The market decides the winners and the losers. Okay. So when, when 25,000 MC, MC numbers go away, that's because there wasn't number one, they could not, they could not compete with the ones who survived. Okay. That's the number right. one thing. All right. They could not compete. You know, I stayed in business because I had a very, very low cost of business, cost of uh, operating, you know, a, a, another owner operator that doesn't control their costs and doesn't watch what things do and pay too much for a truck. And, you know, all these things that don't pay, have no idea what their numbers are. I can out, I, I, he can't compete in that market. So he has to go away. All right. That's what creates the uptick. Unfortunately, a lot of these people have to go away and then it will, it will, it will adjust again. The rates will go up. And there'll be another upset. And then everybody will come back in when it gets back up to the top again. Normally, that doesn't last long enough, like it did this time, for everybody and their brother to get in the trucking business. But that's how this works. That's how business works. Certainly, the trucking business works that way. If you want to, like John, for example, if you want to really understand that this cycle has been going on since the early 1900s, and I'll, I'll put this on the screen so that you can see it. Austrian economics, the business cycle. Do some Google searches on Austrian economics and the business cycle. There's lots of great writers, Rob, Bob Murphy, Tom Woods, Jeffrey Tucker, um, uh, Ludwig von Mises, Ro Murray Rothbard. This, this wheel has been turning for a very long time. It goes up. And it goes down, and it goes up, and it goes down. It, it it's constant, and the reasons are always the same. It's always generally uh, state interference in the market. Uh, you know, banks banks always get theirs up on the top, and then we get the shaft. Um, but it it's very simple, and it takes all of the uh, it takes all the red team blue team stuff out of it because it's just looking at the numbers. But this cycle, we're up on the top, and we're going to come down, and it's going to throw off a bunch of people, and then it's going to go back up. And until we get to the end, which I think could be crypto, but until we get to the end of that, and we can get off of the roller coaster, um, it's going to continue. And it'll boom, bust, boom, bust, boom, bust. It's happened since about 1913, and it's going to continue to happen. So what do you do? You create value by putting the needs of others above your own. You find a niche. You find a way to serve people. You do it well. You show up early. You leave late. You over, you under promise and over deliver. I always say that backwards. You under promise. You over deliver. You do whatever it takes to get it done. And then as a part of your business strategy, you have a low cost of operation because when it comes down, you're going to be the one to survive when it goes back up. So I wanted to ask you this. I was listening to the No Agenda podcast the other day, and they've been making all these parallels to the 1970s, like almost to the, to the year, like 
71, uh, 2021, 72, 22. There, it's so crazy how this seems to be happening with markets, with even news stories, like crazy weird stuff from the 1970s. And, you know, 50 years have gone by. And it's almost like you just copied and pasted headlines from the 70s and placed them in 2022. Uh, you lived through that. I didn't. You know, I didn't come around till 76. So, I mean, you've been through this more than once, right? I Listen, my, my value in the automobile business was completely a result of 1978, you know. I mean, everything's going on now was going on then, except, except interest rates were 18, 19, 20% mm-hmm. as, to fight the inflation. Um, and that's how I developed my a name for myself in the car because I could go in and I could make a profit, you know, in, in, in departments that normally didn't make profits, you know. So, um, and that's what pulled these dealerships through this uh, time. They couldn't sell any cars. So, um, yeah, it, but here, but again, it, it, it's no different. It's all about being able to operate in the, in the market that you're in and understanding that that market is not always going to be that way. You know, you have to prepare for when thing, you know, you just can't go out here and every day go, well, you know, I'm just not worried about tomorrow because tomorrow I'll deal with tomorrow. I mean, that's why people can't do what we do in delivering loads because mm-hmm. they won't worry about Friday. They only want to worry about Monday. <laughs> you follow me? So yeah. it's the same way in business. If you only worry about today, you're going to have a problem. Okay. So all this time when you could have been hauling four or five loads a week, you only pulled 1.7 Landstar BCOs. Mm-hmm. Look at the wasted opportunity. Don't you wish there'll be a time when you wish you could have pulled those loads. But if I run 70 miles an hour, I get one more load in a week. You yeah. don't run, you don't run three loads a week. Shut up. Slow yeah. down. Uh, our our people t- get tired of hearing this, but what's your number one expense, Chris? Fuel. Yeah, number one expense. So, um, you know, I mean, look, I, n- I know this is not popular. I know this is not going to be what everybody wants to talk talk about. The truck stops tomorrow, but I'm I'm here to tell you, this is. There are going to be people that survive this, and there's going to be a whole lot that don't. And here's who's now. Look, the the big companies, the big they're they're fine. First of all, they're well capitalized. Number mm-hmm. two, they got a lot of contract freight. They're not going to be the ones that go away. Now, some of the smaller ones will because they're they're mismanaged, you know. Yeah. Um, got bought by some. Uh, but, what do you call them? The the uh, oh, venture capital firms, investment groups. Maybe. Yeah. They're fine. It's 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 the owner operator. They're the one. That's the MT numbers you're going to see going away. Okay. It's the owner operators, the ones who just they bought a truck because. They wanted to, 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 they wanted to, people to quit telling them what to do. And they don't understand that when you buy a truck, you also buy a business, you know, and, um, that's, that's the shortcoming. Now, and if, if you're a company driver within the sound of my voice right now, and you work for a medium to large size company, say thousand to 3000 trucks, Find out if your company is owned by an investment firm or a venture capital firm. And if they are, run for the hills and go find you a new job. I don't care if it's Swift. Get the hell out of there because guess who's the first ones to go? Because these VC firms are real good at one thing, pump and dump. They will will dump a pile of money into a trucking company because it looks like a cash cow. Mm -hmm. 
or they're laundering money for the mafia, whichever. And um, they don't run trucking companies. They run venture capital firms. And when the first sign of trouble, they are going to shut that thing down. That's what we saw all the way back to aero trucking in 2009. We've seen it over the last few years. The common thread in all of these stories, if you look, you read down through the comp, the, through the, through the story and you'll be like, Oh yeah, they were bought by a VC firm. And now the truck company's out of business and the people are out of work. So if your company's owned by one of these outfits, head for the hills because you're the first one to go. And I digress. Well, it's, you know, it, in this situation, you've got to prepare for a defensive stance. Okay. And a defensive stance. If I were in, if I were in those shoes, owner operators, poorly capitalized, you know, too much truck, don't, you know, too expensive to operate, you know, um, listen, go, go find, I, I understand. I hear that there's a truck driver shortage. I don't know. I, I can't, <laughs> I can't. So if there is, there ought to be plenty of jobs out there for somebody to go, uh, to go get one of them doing contract freight, you know, with no risk to you. Yeah, you got to suck it up and you got to say, well, you got to, you got to put your ego in your back pocket for a little bit, but wouldn't it be better to survive this and come back on the other side? And, 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 and by the way, this time, let's don't do it the way you did it the first time. Once you come, once you understand how, once you be a lunatic, once you buy an older truck that gets good fuel mileage, that's easy to maintain, easy to work on. The sensors aren't out in the Pacific ocean on a boat. Okay. <laughs> And, and you can go pay cash for it. Your customer does not give a rat's ass what you show up in. Okay? Nope. So all they see is the back door is open. All right? They don't care what you're driving. As long as he gets from point A to point B. You're the only one that cares. And that ego is going to put you in a bad situation here soon. Yep. Bill Taylor made a great comment here. Too many people chase money. Instead of chasing opportunities, relationships, agents, customers, great mechanics, tax people who know trucking are the keys to success at Landstar. I needed a trailer when the Walmart deal ended. I'm assuming he was probably doing some kind of Walmart dedicated. He was Walmart dedicated, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I found one abandoned at the TA in Wellington, called utilization, got the TA paid on the outstanding bill, and got a fairly new trailer. Um, hey, tell me who you talked to at trailer utilization. <laughs> we've well, had that, again that that's he it's a perfect example of being a problem solver you know now you'll find somebody on facebook that'll go i've been waiting 14 days for a trailer and your trailer you know and here's the guy that goes out and makes it happen you know that's and listen just in case anybody's listening uh on that on that note you know we we have been through the gauntlet more than probably any other you know, other than maybe some of the, the bigger fleets. Um, and the gauntlet is Landstar qualification, and it's a challenge. The longest we've ever waited for a trailer might have been this time. They called us at day 10. Um, but I'm sorry. If you tell me it's been 20 and 24 days and you haven't got a trailer, I smell a rat. You've either... You've turned down opportunities to take loaded trailers. You have not answered the phone when they called. Some, there's, there's something that stinks in your story. Because I can promise you, I'll have a trailer in 10 to 12 days at the absolute outside. Or 
I'll deadhead a thousand miles to get a repower if I have to. But I think that's part of the problem. You know, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. That's that, that, the, that's the thing that chaps my ass. Well, I ain't doing that. I ain't doing that. Then, then, then shut up. If you're going to have this big, long list of stuff you aren't going to do, sell your truck and go back to be a company driver. Because you're not sure as hell not going to make it in business. If you got this all this list of, well, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do that, I'm not going to go there, and I'm not comfortable here, and I don't like driving there. L listen, you're screwed, okay? You are so screwed when you've got this big, long list. You're in business, and you're a new business. New business requires a level of commitment and work like you've never done before. It's not set back in the easy chair. It's it, it if you want to still be in business two years later, you better get off your ass and start hustling because that's what's going to take. We had a guy <clears throat> reached out to us and wanted to wanted us to mentor him. And uh, in his oh. in his little description, you know, we asked him about when, when we have a mentoring client, we ask him different things like how long, often they want to be home and this that and the other. Well, one of the things we ask is there are places that you do not like to go. Well, now this is a guy that was crying because he wasn't making any money. And he hears us on the podcast talking about making nine, 10, 12, 11, 12, 13,000 dollars a week per truck. So he wanted to be in on that. Mm -hmm. And so what were, what were his places he didn't go? East coast, West yeah, coast. Listen, it's easier to tell you where he didn't where he would, go. Than, I think know. he wanted to go to Kansas and Oklahoma. I think that's kind of where he wanted to work, you know? Yeah. Um, I, we just threw it away. I mean, what, what are we going to do with you, you know? Um, you know, we, we, people, people sometimes want to hire us to dispatch for them because they think we have this secret freight that we're going to give them that, that they can't find on the board. And when they find out that, no, we, we have, we have great agents we work with, but the freight's the same. The only difference is our guys do five loads a week and you come here and you want to do one load a week and make 10 loads grand a week. That's the difference. It's not our freight. It's your work ethic. Okay. And how hard you're willing to work. That's the problem. So look, you know, you, you know what we preach here, buy an older truck. Certainly you don't get one with that's got, um, emissions. All right. And then pay cash for it. People who do that are, do not have a problem. We're, we're not in the least bit concerned about the bloodbath. Okay. I just and go on, you know, it, it's, uh, no, there's nobody that can operate for less than, than we can. Okay. If we can't make it, there's a big, big, big problem. <laughs> Trucking industry is getting ready to, you know, so, um, but it, it's just business. The, the thing that made me different than most everybody else is that I don't come from trucking. Okay. Right. I've said this many times. I could give a crap or less about the chrome and the grill and the name on the front of it. And, you know, I don't use diesel fuel for cologne. I, I don't care about the trucking part of it. Okay. All I care about is it's a tool to make money. All right. And, and my customer doesn't really care if I use a snap on tool or a craftsman tool. Okay. They don't care as long as the tool works. And I hear here to say that our tools work really, really good. Our tools aren't broke down right now. Then the sensor is on the Pacific Ocean. All right. Right. But even, even then, but even then, all right, look at, look at, we got a truck. We just had an in frame. 
I brought it back from Jacksonville and it needed a clutch. And I knew it needed a synchronizer because when you would flip from low to high or high to low, it would grind. So I called the Freightliner dealership and talked to the service manager. And I'm like, hey, Bob, can you get me in quick? And he was like, yeah, bring it on in. And uh, So they get it apart. <clears throat> and they find that something broke and it tore up all those gears in the back box of the transmission. And I'm like, well, you can buy a reman box for $2,000, but there's no warranty. And I'm like, well, <laughs> we're not doing that. A new transmission was $2,900. And I'm like, well, hell, we're not doing that. But it was like 700 bucks to fix it. Okay, we can handle that. Well, they start to put it together and they realize that that back housing is cracked. And he calls me. Well, hey, it's cracked, man. We, we can't find one anywhere. And I went up there and I looked at it, even took it to a shop to see if they could weld it. The magic words, we can't find one anywhere. Oh, I got to better than that. It's on <laughs> national back order. That's it's on 52-week national back order. Guys, swear my hand, God, on my children. In less than five minutes, I had the part number. I had one ordered on eBay, on the truck, and it showed up Friday not supposed to be here till tomorrow monday the ninth and i got an email from them hey man this thing showed up this morning huh, imagine that 200 bucks with shipping you know and, and and by the way their parts professionals didn't even try didn't even of course of course this is not the first time we've told this story <laughs> we could tell you this story every week if we wanted to yeah, and it's not this dealer. Remember, it's remember all that, of them. Remember that surrendering to authority thing we talked about at the top of the show? Yep. But the parts professionals say it's on back order. Well, screw them, okay? How about we just go find it? You know how many people are looking for 14-liter and 12-7-liter overhaul kits right now? Yep. I got one. <laughs> three. I got three. <laughs> three. I got, I, got hey. Michelin, I got Michelin Wide Bay singles that nobody can find. I got them. Last was it last weekend? The the spindle nut? Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. Tell that story. <laughs> Tell that story. It's a good one. All right. So driver comes in, brand new guy, inexperienced, not a mechanic, like he don't know jack about trucks, right? And I put the truck in there for something else, I think. Anyway, the the tech calls me. He's like, Hey man, this steer tire's about to leave the chat. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Um, and he was like the, so on a spindle nut, there's with, this is the cheap crap that they put on there, but it has these little locking tabs and they always break. Well, the, the damn nut had backed off and the steer tire is getting ready to leave. Right. Look, let, me, let, let me just cut to the chase. The tire and wheel in assembly are about two threads from, from being off the truck. Right. Okay. Now that's not why we took it in there. We took yeah. it in there for something. I don't even remember what it was. It, it was Air some, conditioner, I think. I think so. Yeah. And the and the, the mechanic said, by the way, by uh, the you way. got bigger problems in your air conditioner, okay? You're yeah. getting ready to be on you're only getting ready to be on nine wheels on this bad boy, okay? So So mm -hmm. this is a ninety nine century with an Eaton front end, which is kind of rare. Usually it's Meritors or um or Hendrickson. So of course it's Saturday morning about nine o'clock and they call me and like, Hey, this, this, this locking key has broken. 
We don't have one. Freightliner don't have one. Nobody's got one. And so in front of our orientation class, I, st I brought orientation to a halt. And I start Googling and I start checking. Well, number one, I'm like, okay, what's the Stemco number? I have a Stemco product guide saved in our Dropbox. And I start flipping down through there and, and I'm calling, hey, what's the model number of this front end? And they tell me. And I'm looking, well, it's not there. So then I call, then I had to call Columbus because this one answered the damn phone. I called Columbus Freightliner and I said, hey, what is the thread count on this? And he was like, inch and a half, 18. Look down through my step. There it is. So then I send that number to the TA, 448, 4873, whatever it was. They look around. Well, the girl calls me and she says, Martin's Peterbilt's got one in London, Kentucky. And they close in 30 minutes. I called them up. I now said, we're, hey. We're, we're 200 miles away. Keep in mind. 200 miles away. Yeah. And I call them and I said, I'm told you've got this, this nut. And he, I said, go put your hands on it. He goes and puts his hands on it. verifies it's there. I said, how much is it? It was $59, I think. I paid for it. <laughs> Chris, I looked at Richie. I'm like, hey, here's the keys to my truck. You're going to London. Uh, and we sent Richie. Well, we had them put it in a bag and hang it. <laughs> they put it in a bag and, and hang it on yeah. the gate that they close. Yeah. So, so we we send one of our drivers down there and uh, and yeah, and, we drove seven out. Well, I, we didn't. Richie did. Richie drove seven hours for a fifty nine dollar nut to keep a two thousand dollar a day truck on the road. That's what we do. You it's know, called, it's called problem solving. It's called taking matters in your own hands and not relying on other people, especially authorities. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, so, um, Rocky's trying to sell my set of injectors after under me. I see you there. Uh, hey, I'm, hey, I'm hey, in, hey, hey, pipe down there, buddy. I'm in, here's one. I'm in Laredo and can't find a trailer. I dropped mine oh, 16 yeah. days ago and they won't give me one. What am I supposed to do? Well, I'll tell you what you're supposed to do. Okay. There is a, uh, caravan that comes over to the Flying J there at exit 13 Stop. about 7 o'clock every night. Jump on there, and it'll take you someplace where it'll take you long enough to get rid of what you got that this will be the least of your problems, okay? so <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I only know that because I've heard that. I have no idea. Right. First, I have no firsthand experience. What happens in Mexico stays in Mexico. Um. Like, guys, this is all attitude and perspective. That's all this is. You know, it's figuring out the why and the how will come to you. Why do I own this truck? To make money. Why am I in business to serve people? How am I going to figure out what's wrong with my truck? I'm going to study. I'm going to study. I'm going to call people. I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to watch YouTube videos. I'm going to read books. Whatever it takes. I wasn't born with the information that I have. I got it from experience, but I also got it from asking a hell of a lot of questions. And the one thing that I do love about the truck trucking industry and the experience that you get from it is that my bullshit detector is infinitely adjusted. You know, uh, just keep talking, you know. No, no, wait, hang on. Here, here's the secret to that. You have to ask a simple question. If you just ask, if once they, once you hear somebody make one of these statements, 
You just ask the question, why? And then shut up mm -hmm. and let them go on and spew. And it, if you, and it'll only take you a few minutes to understand that either they know what they're talking about or they're repeating somebody else and they have no idea what they're talking about. What's that video that we started playing orientation last week? That guy knows shit. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's gold. We should play that sometime. So, so but here's, but wait, let me, let me go, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, because yeah. anytime something like this happens, you know, you tell a story like this, there's always one. Well, we wasn't doing a pre-trip. Look on a pre-trip, you're not going to see this because it's behind a cap. Now I, I figure the wheel seal was probably leaking. So he probably should have seen that. Okay. But let's just be honest. 85% of truck drivers don't know what the hell a wheel seal is and what it does. Let's just be honest. So I'm not trying to take you down. I'm just, sorry, I'm using you as an example, right? Should the driver have known an experienced driver? Yes, but this, this guy's not got a lot of trucking experience. He doesn't have a lot of mechanical knowledge. Now he does know now what it feels like. And I'm like, well, did the truck, was it dry? He's like, well, it was driving kind of funny. I'm like, okay, time out. When it's driving funny, you call me, right? We had this issue. Uh, I did a TikTok about it where, you know, guy had a drive shaft fly out and just kept his foot in it. That truck had to have been vibrating violently, not a little bit, violently, because the carrier bearing was completely gone. The expectation that the modern American truck driver has any idea what's happening below the frame rails, I'm just telling you, people don't know. They, they, I, I've got people that can't point out an alternator. They don't know what it is, what it does, a water pump. This, this, this horseshit training training program that people are run through, it's, it's useless. It's, it's enough to pass the test. But do they know anything? No, they can't identify a drag link or a cross tube or a U-joint or a yoke. They have no idea. And so for a, a lot of people, coming to us is the first time they're going to feel and experience things like, well, what was that? And then, oh, okay, that's what that was. Now, log that one in the memory. But, well, and, and it's why we, that's why we don't, part of our program is letting them experience these things. You know, we right. get, we get, we get people here sometimes that don't have a lot of experience. I mean, they have to have the minimum requirements for Landstar, but that's a year over the road. That's not extensive. No. And so, uh, you know, we got people here that don't, they have no mechanical knowledge whatsoever. So when something happens, that's a teaching moment. You know, that's, it's not something we criticize them for because what does that do? That'll just keep them from, you know, from wanting to learn next time. We, we, listen, we criticize them if they're sitting in the bunk, in the bunk or in the waiting room while the truck's being worked on. Go watch, go learn, ask questions, ask why, and understand why, what we're doing here. It'd be easier for us just to go tow the truck off, get them another truck, repower the load, whatever, but we don't do that. We haven't worked through the process with us. So, uh, Richie gave me a piece of gold that you would love and would be in context of this conversation because we've told the story many times about how he came to us. Uh, with two years experience and was a senior trainer yep. when he put his two weeks in with covenant they said well man you just need to try 
You just need to train one more person and you'll be a master trainer. He's like, that's all right. I'm good. A master trainer. Master trainer. Get God. So getting back to the topic at hand here, okay? Here's the here's what I'm the point I'm trying to make here tonight, okay? Look, if you're in this situation, forget the ego. Do yourself a favor and admit the fact to yourself that you that you you're screwed, okay? Let's do something about it and fix it now, okay? Fix it while you can fix it on your terms. If you just keep on doing what you're doing and ignoring it and letting Friday wait to Friday, guess what? Friday's going to come, and you're not you're going to you're going to miss enough truck payments that they're going to come get it, okay? It it's just not it it, it be proactive. You, we we you see the problem. We have a problem, Houston. We have a problem. What the hell are we going to do, okay? Let's do it now. Let's don't wait till the auction runs out in the in the space. Is that too old of a reference point for most people? Apollo 13? Must be. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Your sound, your audio. I was muted. Well, you know. Well, there you go. Um, Apollo 13. Well, I don't know. You know, I, I would like to think so, but. Maybe not. <clears throat> All right. I got some things we need to talk about. Talked about the promo code. Talked about the online app. Um, we do have, listen, we've, we've, we've got a couple of trucks that we've just put on. Uh, our our um, top truck owner revenue guy last year, Phil, who was our platform. Y'all met him last week. Uh, he just put on a second truck with us. So we've got it. We've got another truck that we're, that we're rehabbing that's going to be ready in the next few weeks. So we've got a couple of positions available. If you want to come get in this program, now would be a good time to sell your truck mm-hmm. and come drive one of ours and learn how to do it right this time, okay? Um, drive number four, blueribbon.com. Um, road check, CVSA road check is coming up. Not next week, but the week after. Um, might want to make sure you are got your ducks in a row and your LED lights are all working and got your dash cleaned off and you don't have lace potato chip bags stacked up to the to the CB. <laughs> don't give them an easy target, okay? What do you call them, Chris? The road pirates? or Road pirates, yeah. Yeah, you have other words for them. But I do, both. but they're not fit for broadcast. Um, all right, we got a biggie. Uh, we're going to, we're going to say it for the first time. Before you do that though, let me answer this one question real quick before you get into that. We'll, we'll tease them with the big announcement. All right. Um, do you guys have any options on expedited trucks? Is it a good option to getting into trucking? Um, we don't, uh, we don't have options. We don't have experience, but here's what I tell you. The same thing applies. Pay cash for it. Low cost of ownership. Um, everything's the same. What we do, we do in general freight, right? We could, we could certainly specialize. Um, but even with our platform guy, we're just doing general freight. Um, once you get beyond us and you've got the, the, the fundamental basics of how to run your business and you're on autopilot and you've got good habits and good discipline and you're doing, then you can go off into the specialized world. Now it doesn't mean you can't start day one with an expedited truck, but it needs to be paid for. You know, it needs to be a lunatic version of that truck 
And then everything applies. Go find somebody to serve. Be better than everybody else. Show up early. Leave late. Do whatever you have to do. That applies. But I'm not convinced personally that starting fresh as an expedite truck is the best option. I think you're better off to go cut your teeth in business doing general freight and then once you've done that, then move on to expedite stuff. Assuming you have a class A license. Correct. <clears throat> okay. Big announcement. Go ahead. All right. Save the date. Mark your calendars. Everybody's been asking when we're going to have the next live event. July 16, 17. And it's going to be in Hurricane, West Virginia. Um, we've got the best hotel we've ever been at there that, that really takes good care of us. Uh, we've got a conference center about what, about a mile away, Chris? Uh, maybe three miles. Okay. Nearby that we're going that we, now we don't have to limit it to 30 people like we did last year. So we got plenty of seats. So, um, if you we'll, we'll be putting the information on our website and we'll be talking about more as it comes up, but I want to go ahead and give you the notice so you can get it on your calendar, July or 16, 17, that's Saturday, Sunday. Um, we do know that the, the hotel, it's Wingate by Wyndham. They're going to, if you, if you mention the event, they're going to give you a rate of 109 for the hotel. And it's a really, really nice hotel. Breakfast is included. Um, hot breakfast. Hot breakfast, yeah. We'll be providing lunch every day. Best bartender in West Virginia. And, and it's the Blue Ribbon Bar, you know. Yeah. So um, With a Larry Long shelf. It does. I have my own shelf there. So we'll be giving you more information about it. Um, if you don't know what the live event is, it's two days of immersion with the lunatics. You know, we, we, uh, we explain what we do. We explain why we've got, we're going to have some special guests, by the way, um, still working on some of them, but some of them have already been, been, uh, you know, agreed to. And, um, Um, next week, um, a lot of, you know, uh, we've talked about it before a lot of, you know, that my son just, this is totally by, by coincidence is in the industry, but in a completely different aspect of it. He works for, yeah, he's actually a senior vice president for a very, very large company that does warehouse staffing. And also they provide lumper service. I know all of you guys hate lumpers with a passion. I know it's the bane of our existence, but we're going to have a little interview next week with my son. And we're going to talk about, you know, that their side of that, um, situation, maybe make, maybe make you better understand what, uh, what the, the reason that we have lumpers, the, the history and all that sort of thing like that. So, um, we won't, um, we won't spill it all, but uh, we'll be doing the interview live, by the way, from his uh, bourbon barn. So my son's a bourbon snob, so he's got a bourbon apple. Barn. That apple didn't fall far from the tree, did it? <laughs> in his in his backyard, he's got a bourbon barn. So we'll be um, um, we'll be uh, live from there next uh, Sunday night, nine o'clock. So um, I think. Well, this this podcast has got the potential to be really spicy. There might be libations involved. I, I suspect there will be. So, um, but anyway, we'll be ha we'll take all your questions about uh, lumpers and what goes on at Home Depot and 
different places, different warehouses, why it takes so long to get, why, why you have to, why you can't get a trailer, you know, why you can't do a drop and hook, all these things we're going to talk about and uh, maybe enlighten you a little bit about what's going on. So then you can come a better, become a better problem solver and not have to surrender to authority. So, yeah, I like it. What else we got? <clears throat> uh, just checking the, uh, I'm just going to put this comment up for Richie on the, on this, this is advice from Richie from the Florida man. Just, just look at it right there on the screen. Um, advice to come work for Blue Ribbon. Well, that's another okay. Thing. All right. Oh, I've been waiting for this one. Oh, buckle up, Buttercup. I think the agents cut the rates just to hide some money from us BCOs, especially the three PLs that he's just trying to pull your chain. He certainly, he certainly doesn't. Sir, do I, I've got to hope that people that watch this particular podcast aren't this dumb. Okay, guys, for everybody that, that believes nonsense like this, one of the primary reasons that we are at Landstar is that they take a huge responsibility that someone who has their own authority would have to have, and they take that off of our shoulders, and that's called billing. So when the agent issues a freight bill, and they type the little numbers on their computer, and it's $2,000, the agents are paid off of the same freight bill we are. Period. They get 7 8%, depending on their contract, and da 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 da, da. They're getting somewhere between 7 and 8.5%. We truck gets 65, trailer gets seven, platform trailer gets eight, agent gets peace. All of that billing goes through one place. It is not possible in any circumstance for an agent to cut some rate somehow and put money in their pocket. That's why we're all under this umbrella. Okay? The agent creates a freight bill that I'm paid off of, trailer's paid off of, agent's paid off of, Landstar's paid off of. And that's it. That's why it works so well, because it's so transparent. It is not possible. Now, <clears throat> if, you know, if you're at Landstar, how many, you, you know there's time, well, are you a BCO or an approved carrier? Oh, I'm, an, I'm a BCO. Okay. Then that tells them that I know what the load is posted for. An approved carrier has a Landstar board they can access, but it does not have prices on it. All right? They have no idea what's posted on the actual Landstar board that I can see. Okay? So when they call an agent and they say, hey, agent, I'm calling about your load from A to B, and the, and the, and the agent says, yeah, are you a BCO or an approved carrier? Oh, I'm an approved carrier. Okay? In that scenario, they're going to give them a number that's probably – 80 to 85 percent of what it's posted on the Landstar board for, right? So let's say it's a thousand bucks. They're going to tell them 850. Okay. Then Landstar agent issues the exact same freight bill that they would if it was a BCO, except that Landstar is going to pay that approved carrier that 850. They're going to pay that agent some it's a different percentage of how they break it all down, but they're paid off of that freight. That's it. 
So in your scenario, if somebody's cutting the rate to hide money from BCOs, it would be Landstar. That, that's how that would work if that happened, but it doesn't happen. So this, this, this nonsense of putting an evil motive on somebody that's trying to help you, they're going out to broker boards and getting freight to put on your ungrateful ass's trailer. Oh, well, but, but they're, they're dog shit because they speak funny and they live in another country and blah, 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 blah. blah. It's nonsense. Nonsense. This is not possible in any way, shape, form, or fashion. It's not possible. Can't be done. But, you know, plenty of people spend plenty of time looking out the windshield, making shit up, and then sharing it with their buddies, and then you get, you know, enough stupid people together to repeat the same thing. They all think it's true. I'll stop now. Well, <clears throat> An agent can lose money on a load. Oh yeah, big time. See, see, here's what here's what BCOs don't think about. Okay, <clears throat> if I'm at, by the way, I was an agent for a couple of years. I don't know if y'all. I'm sure we've said that. I'm not now, but I was. But I can, I can, I can put on my suit and tie, and I can go knock on a thousand doors. And I can get a customer that gives me a chance to haul their freight. Okay. And so I'm, I've got a chance to, to, to earn this business. I put it on the load board. Okay. <clears throat> and nobody calls. So I go back to the customer. I don't want to lose them. I got my foot in the door. Uh, the, uh, we're not getting any action. Can we raise the price a little bit? We raise the price a little bit. So don't get any action. Well, there's, there are times when for me to save that customer or to earn that customer, I'll pay the difference between what the customer is willing to pay and what it took for me to get a BCO to haul the load just because I don't want to lose my customer. or I want to earn the customer's business. Okay. And then I get a BCO to take it and guess what he does. Okay. <laughs> he won't check call. Nope. He won't tell me where he is. He won't answer his phone. He won't do anything I need to do. If that that they don't need to know my, I'll get there when I get there. Well, that that's not true. You're hauling their freight. They're literally paying you to haul their freight. They mm -hmm. do deserve to know where the hell their shit is. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you know what I did? I quit. I quit giving BCOs my freight. I put all my freight on outside carriers How because you know what? You. They had a dispatcher, and they had they were they had to do what they were told. Okay, because as you say, the axis of the universe didn't pass through their little heads. <laughs> this is the kind of bullshit attitude, you know, that and, and, and this and the person that he's accusing of cutting the rates, that's his customer. Mm -hmm. That's his customer. This is why we went. All the trouble to rescue Richie and his load. The load gets delivered tomorrow on time. We drove how many hours, Chris? I drove about 10. 10 hours just to rescue the truck. A lot of expense. You gave up your Saturday to do it. I did. But missed you know what? Missed the sports banquets with my kids. Yeah. How many agents offer us freight? Okay. That, that, they don't even put it on the board. 
because they know we're going to take care of their customer. Now, we talked all night about you having a problem with, with too much truck. Here's going to be another problem that's going to put a lot of you sons of bitches out of business when this thing is. Is not understand who the hell your customer is. Yep. You know, back when the back when the race got, remember how many uh, BCO said it's finally my turn to fuck the B, the the BCO. You remember when mm -hmm. that happened? Yep. Boy, that worm's gonna turn. That worm's gonna turn. I think you know, this, the, the I way think this is Phil. I'm not sure, but um, I looked at a load Friday that agent commented on no BCOs because of past service failures. Do better, guys. Look, look, get the, I mean, in this load that I drove, I gave up my Saturday, missed an event with my kids, drove 10 hours to save this load, was $400 under our minimum for a weekend load. But never once did I think, well, this, listen, this load is, it's beneath us because it didn't pay what we normally get for a weekend load. No, I, I, I put my fat ass in that truck. And I drove down there, and I picked it up, and I brought him back. That is Phil. Why? Because the the alternative is worse, much worse. Lose the load, lose the trailer. Um, if you're not a new hire and you get on that trailer list, you're really screwed. So you better be ready and willing to move hell and earth uh, to – to keep that trailer, whatever it takes. So, you know, if you're a BCO and you're listening to this right now, you better start making some friends, you know, somebody that you can call. If you're in that position, Hey man, listen, I'm in a really tight spot. If you're empty, can you come over here and leave me your empty and take this load and deliver it? I'll, I'll pay you 500 bucks. I'll pay you a thousand dollars, whatever it takes, because you're going to lose a whole lot more than whatever you pay them on top of the rate. Give them the whole rate plus $1,000 if they'll come and bail your ass out. Because if you lose your trailer, how long is it going to take you to get one? A couple, three, four weeks, five weeks, six weeks? Who knows, right? Um, so I'm just not going to let that happen, you know? Um, so we do whatever it takes. And sometimes that means me making some sacrifice that I don't want it. I did not want to drive 10 hours Saturday at all. Hell, I came home last night, slept 12 hours. I was wore, I was wore slap out. But that's what I had to do. Can, right. I, take, can I take this one? Go ahead. Put, it on, the, put it on the screen. You talking double, about the double? Double, double broker. Yeah. Go ahead. <clears throat> I see this all the time, too. First of all, we need to understand some terms here. There is a difference between double brokering and co-brokering. Double brokering is against the regulations. Co-brokering is not. Okay. Is there double brokering goes on Landstar? Yes. Because just like we have BCOs who are unscrupulous and do the things we just talked about, Landstar has 1,400 independent contractor agents that do business the way they want to. Okay. Do some of them double broker? Yes. What does that mean? What that means is they took a load from a 3PL and they broke, they put it on a non-Landstar truck. That's double brokering. 
taking a load from a 3PL and putting it on a Landstar truck is co-brokering. Okay? There's a difference in the two. Co-brokering is completely legal. A lot of loads, probably most loads are co-brokers. All 3PL loads are probably co-brokered. Okay? But when you get a load and the eight and the and the and the and the, the a broker contacts you and says, I'm not going to give you the rate con until you send me a picture of you in front of your Landstar truck, it's because he's making sure that his load is not double brokered. That's why they're doing it. Okay? So and 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 there's a lack of trust between that three PL and the agent because probably the agent screwed him over before. So yeah. now, isn't it true? I'm, I'm on. A, I'm out on a limb here, but isn't it true that a approved carrier is on the same plane as a BCO? That it's not. No. No, it has to be on a BCO truck <clears throat> because okay. a carrier has authority. Right. Okay. That that is a, that is a, that is a description of double brokering. Okay. So no, it's got to be on a, now you might, you might be working in the gray area. If that proved carries pulling a Landstar trailer, that might be in the gray area. I have seen that. Yeah. I have seen proof carriers that had, I don't even know for sure if that's even really legal, but, but no, it's got to be on a Landstar, uh, MC number truck, you know? So, um, Double agents at Landstar. Well, yeah, yeah. There's there that that's true. There are there are agents at Landstar that are agents for Landstar, and they're also they work for a three PL. There's nothing really illegal about that, you know. Look, we as a BCO, what we want is freight. Okay, I don't care where it comes from. Nope. Okay, if you guys had your way, and all we had on the Landstar board was direct customers. <laughs> You talk about a bloodbath. Oh, yeah. All right. We need those. Even it might not work for you. That's great. Okay. That's good. Y'all, if you only want to haul freight that's that's direct freight, that's fine. Listen, we make a lot of money every week hauling 3PL freight. We We have those agents that you guys hate that find us loads. We call them to get loads. Okay. So if we had this attitude, we're only going to haul direct customers, we wouldn't make the money we're making. We wouldn't support the, the drivers we're supporting. That doesn't make them bad people because they work for a 3PL. You know, everybody thinks C.H. Robinson's some kind of a crook. C.H. Robinson's the biggest broker in the country. Okay, you might not like them, but the, the people who pay them to haul freight like them. It's it, listen. So, this, this is all about. This is an attitude problem, and you got you guys got away with it now for three or four years because of the market. I'm telling you right now, your stinking attitude is going to be your is is, is going to come back to get you when you're having to to uh, you, you know when 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 you having to prove yourself to a broker to get a load, you know. Okay, just a little rough and dirty here. All right, this week. We did $100,000 worth of freight with our trucks, okay? 41 loads, right? Best I can tell just by glancing at the agent codes because I've got most a lot of them memorized, it looks like about 15 of our 41 loads were direct customer and everything else was third party, 
So when I say 15 divided by 41, 36% of our loads were direct customer. So that means of the, of the $99,733.23, only about 35,000 of it was direct freight. The rest of it was third party. You take that third party stuff out of the board, we might as well get rid of like most of our trucks. Because we'd hold 15 loads this week instead of 40. What are you going to do? The best thing to do is <clears throat> quit listening to them. Again, get back to the surrender to authority. Ask the questions yourself. Do your own research. Quit letting other people, you know, give you all these crazy ideas, you know. You probably know more about it than they do. You know, there is no reason in this world for people to have to take somebody else's word for something. Okay? Tell them how to do it, Chris. What do you do? G. Oh, G-O-O-G-L-E. Everything known to humankind is available with, those six, with those six letters. Now, you may have to sort out some of the bullshit. Right. But it's there. It's called if, discernment. If you want to, if you want to find out, but no, it's easier to sit there and talk at the truck stop with a bunch of twenty other numb nuts that don't know any more about it than you do, and all you're hearing is their opinion. Well, not even that. You're hearing what somebody else expressed to them. Oh yeah, especially if they want to agree with it. You know. Oh yeah, I just I find it bad. You know, it's I find it funny. Like I mean, we've got Bill Taylor in here. We got Phil Freese in here. We got Lee. We got Ken and Mary Anderson. I mean, we got some, we got some OG, uh, really, really high level, uh, experienced, successful BCOs in this comment section right now, right? But some numbnut that's either been here eight weeks or knew somebody that knew somebody that failed are going to come and tell us the fleet with fourteen trucks that have been here since 2014, 13, 12. And, and, and all of these people, you want to know how to do it and stay in business long. Here it is. Bill Taylor. I tell everyone I deal with, I am the Burger King at their service. They get things their way, whatever they want. And that is what they're going to get and kill them with the best service they've ever had. Bill Taylor is not going to expect that the axis of the universe runs to the top of his precious little head. Bill Taylor's a servant. Bill Taylor's been around here a long time, and he knows how to get it done. But those are the people, the Steve Wheelers, Bill Taylors, Ken and Mary Anderson, Larry Long, Phil Freese. Those are the people that you need to be seeking out. These clowns on Facebook run. I mean, look, if, if you just like me and you're a troll and you like the entertainment value, sure, go join the Facebook groups. Um. But don't go in there thinking you're going to get much useful information because it's just not there. I tried, and they kicked me out, so. They did. I've I'm tried not, to get kicked I'm out. I'm not allowed, you know, because I, you know, I just don't, I call bullshit when I see bullshit, you know. And uh, it, I offend people. I've got this problem. I speak my mind, and if it pisses people off, I don't worry about it. But they don't like that too much on Facebook, so. 
Especially these little precious little groups where. Landstar. I just got out of Facebook jail this morning, as a matter Landstar of fact. Landstar so. helping Landstar. Yeah. You know yeah. what? You know what I call that, don't you? <laughs> Landstar hating Landstar. <sighs> we listen, did. y'all. Li- li- listen. The, the the market's going up. The market's going down. Um, we have kind of a, a, a problem here in the first world, being a first world co- country, first world society. We convince ourselves that luxury comes before everything else and luxury and convenience. And there's nothing wrong with luxury and convenience. They're, they're really not, there's nothing immoral about it, but it's the priorities. It's when you're putting your luxury and your convenience and I want this and I want that and I want to do it this way ahead of your customer, that's where you're going to fail. No matter if the market's up or down, you have got to put yourself in second position. You do that long enough. What's the old Zig Ziglar quote? Um, you can have anything you want if you help enough other people get what they want. There will come a time when you've got the wealth and you've got the security and you've got the financial wherewithal to go do whatever you want to do, whenever you want to do it, however you want to do it. But when you're a new business, that's not how it works. That's why so many new businesses fail. They don't put themselves in second position. They put themselves in first and then treat everybody else around them like a bunch of slaves. And it's like, no, that, that's you. You're supposed to be the servant. Oh, here's a good one from Phil. But, 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 but they're foreign agents. Maybe their accents aren't the same as yours, but at least they had the initiative to go find the freight. Do you? How many customers have you brought to the table? It always amazes me, and this is an this is a I think an a, a an American thing. I don't think this happens as much in other countries. You're criticizing people that speak more languages than you do. Y'all realize that, right? When you hear somebody speak with a funny English accent. They, um, they speak more languages than you. Well, they've learned English and their language. They speak at least two. At least two. <clears throat> at least two. Okay. Now, this is this something I don't know because I've never seen. He says, sorry, guys. Landstar does put the price on the carrier side. Okay. I, I, I can't yes or no that because I've never seen the carrier side. Um. Well, let me, let me, I don't, I don't think that's correct, but, but let me just say this. Then why is it when you call, they ask if you're a BCO or a carrier before they give you the rate? Right. Cause I'll be calling on a load for 2000. They'll be like, yeah, pay 1750. I'm like, I'm a BCO. Oh, page 2000. So I, look, I don't know. It, it's really not. Well, maybe they post that lower rate. I don't know. Well, I know that one time at ATS, I booked a load because I was in Phoenix, couldn't find Jack. I was looking at coming to Landstar, and I looked at their, like, example board that you didn't have to have an account, and I saw a load, and I called the agent. I had no idea what I was doing. She got, she called, and I'm like, I'm uh, looking at this load on your board. You know, I had no idea what I was doing. But I got ATS to call them and book it because she asked me. She's like, are you an approved carrier? I'm like, 
I have no idea. What well, is an approved carrier? When I was an agent, now this has been a few years ago, I people I, I put all my freight on the board, but it was I made I checked it brokerable. So when when the outside carriers called me, they had asked me what the rate was. So it, this I, I don't know that that's true or not, but um, it doesn't really matter. I guess. But the the principle is the same. Whether you're a BCO or whether you're an approved carrier or an agent, you're getting paid off the same freight bill. That's what all this started on was a comment about agents cutting rates. It's not possible. It's absolutely not possible. Um, now, <laughs> I might want to. <laughs> Have to deal with if I was an agent dealing with some of these fools, I might want to, you know, charge two hundred dollars for putting up with you. Concentrate more on on lowering your cost of doing business. Okay, quit worrying about all this shit. You know, look, I mean, look at tires. You know that. Oh, uh, somebody told me it might have been Richie. Ran into a guy. I think he was a BCO. Oh, I change my drive tires every year. He was like, "Why? Well, I want to be safe." Okay. And I throw I throw perfectly good oil down the drain every right. 20, every fifteen or twenty thousand miles. Why? Why? Because they told me to the motor. Yeah. The people that sell oil say that's a good thing. <laughs> people that sell tires say, Well, you should change your tires every year, of course. Maybe you should change listen, if that's good, then why wouldn't change them every six months be better? More safe. Change them once a month. You know? Be more safe. Yeah. You could go buy those cheap Chinese tires once a month. And have brand new tires all the time. You know, you're costing yourself two miles per gallon in fuel. But, yet, but nowhere in this conversation did we talk about what the fuel mileage those tires got were. Nope. Ever. Nope. Not at all. Um. <clears throat> and you know the create this is what I love, the creativity of the free market. Um. When the last time when the fuel shot up. And all you guys, all you CMC guys started testing all this stuff. And people were, they were changing gear ratios and transmissions and going to direct drives. And when I first was listening to Kevin back in the day, and they're talking about putting 279s and 264s, like, 264s and 279s with a direct drive direct transmission. Drive. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting here just as a company driver thinking, God, that sounds extreme. But at $5 a gallon, and you can get, a mile per gallon or more on top of your tires and your OPS and all the other stuff that you can do. Um, and you return that investment in, um, uh, a year or two, you know, well, <clears throat> I think we've covered the, uh, the subject that we talked about. Uh, somebody said we had vitriol. Well, unfortunately this is a subject that, uh, is going to be vitriolic before it gets better. And uh, that's going to be the, the fact that uh, there's going to be uh, uh, too many people that don't survive this that could if they would just face the music, you know, understand what they're, what they're doing and how it's not, um, it's not able to be um, continued in this market. Vitriol, cruel and bitter criticism. Yeah, well, that's that's us. I mean, we kind of okay. we're kind well. Of I tell you this, I'm positive. 
that when, when this market goes down, a lot of people are going to be up a creek. And if I've got to punch them in the mouth to, to get them to wake up and go, oh, my God, I'm in trouble, and they do something about it now rather than wait until they're in bankruptcy court and divorced, guys, remember, I lived it. I almost lost everything. I almost lost my home, my family. Uh, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. For what? So that you can look like everybody else and do what everybody else is doing? Well, everybody else is doing it. I might as well do it too. Everybody else is leasing a truck. If that's cruel and bitter, so be it. We, uh, we don't have a safe space here at Blue Ribbon. You're not... You, no you're collaring books for that. There's not any safe little closet you can go to here. We call, <laughs> we call it what it is. And, uh, and look, we also listen, how many, how often do I reward or, 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 um, compliment, you know, uh, performance here, Chris often. Yeah. But how, how often do we also say, hey, wait a minute, that's unacceptable. Often. Y'all, I, I make this analogy. It makes sense to you or it might not, okay? But take an issue like guns. There are people that are solidly for them and people that are solidly against them. They agree on one thing. Guns are dangerous, and they should be handled with care. Business is dangerous. It's risky. Done wrong, it will destroy you and could even kill you. You have to handle it properly. If you don't handle it properly... You shouldn't get in it because it will hurt you. No different than a gun. You know, it's powerful. A business is, 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 has the ability to let you um, achieve your wildest dreams or your worst nightmare. You choose. And if you've gotten into it over your head right now, we, here's, the, here's, the, here's the time to correct it. Here's the time to correct it. Get out. Get out. Go get the information and the skills and the knowledge and the money it takes to get back in it right. You know, um, you're, you're at the advantage right now of an unbelievable market for used trucks. Unbelievable. Probably double what they're worth. Every Listen, business is about timing. Okay? Timing is right. Yep. So with that, I think we call it a day. I agree before we spill too much more vitriol we might piss somebody off we don't want to do that so all right guys we'll see you next weekend probably 2100 again mm -hmm. sunday um, 2100 eastern yep chris and larry will be halfway through a bottle of bourbon i'll be the only we'll probably just get started so okay all right we'll see y'all next week everybody night, everybody have a good week be safe